Have you ever dropped something in the lake before? Only a couple of you? Come on, come on. We're Minnesotans, I know we all have, right? So uh, a few summers ago, I was at Molly's, at, at, at my in-laws, Molly's parents' place. Uh, it's, it's on this beautiful lake in northern Minnesota, God's country. And I remember walking out to the edge of the dock, leaning over to look down into the water, and my lovely sunglasses just f- slipped off my face, just slid down my nose and into the water. And they're, they're brown sunglasses, so as soon as they made contact with the water, they immediately vanished. Uh, I couldn't, just like that, yep, I couldn't see them at all. And at that point in the lake, it's only like five or six deep, or feet deep, um, but I knew that there was no chance whatsoever of retrieving these sunglasses. You know, they sank, and then the, the plants and the, you know, scum or whatever it is that's at the bottom there immediately consumed those glasses. Now, on one hand, they're just $30 glasses. You know, I went to REI, I bought the same pair, I still have them. Um, you know, so it's not that big of a deal. But on the other hand, I was offended by the lake in that moment. Like, I was mad at the lake there in that moment because it had taken something from me that I enjoyed in this life, that I liked, that I needed. I have very sensitive eyes. I really like my sunglasses. So, and I kid you not, this will be the last thing I say about sunglasses and then we'll, we'll get to the Bible. <laughs> but every time I go to that same spot on that dock, I kid you not, I get mad all over again because I know my sunglasses are just right there. They're just right there. I just can't find them. So in the ancient world, the sea represents chaos. And even though Minnesota, you know, here we are, uh, the land of 10,000 lakes, you know, I, I don't think we actually know the strength of chaos that can happen on a sea. It's in the ancient world, making contact with the sea was risky business. It was dangerous. The sea takes things away from you that you love that are far more valuable than a silly pair of sunglasses. And storms can rise up quickly and and water can move in unpredictable ways. Terrible monsters live in the sea. I mean, did you hear about that fish that, that ate a man and then vomited him up? That's scary and disgusting at the same time. The sea is not a place to be contended with. It's a place of danger and of chaos. So in one sense, you know, our waters tend to be pretty calm here in Minnesota. But in another sense, we all know what a violent sea storm feels like. It's, it's part of the human experience. You, you walk this world for uh, a few years, and you know what it's like for an event to kind of spin up out of thin air, out of nowhere, and plunge you into a place of uncertainty, a a place of uh, instability, a place of fear, a place of chaos. And that's what the, the sea reminds us of. Our psalm this morning says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The Lord's name is Jesus Christ. He is the one who is over the waters. He counteracts the forces of chaos. He pursues those who call out his name from a place of fear. And he gives his friends courage to do the impossible. So we're going to be looking at Matthew a bit more today, as you've probably gleaned. And you'll see in your bulletin, it's, uh, we've, uh, it's, it's positioned there in two paragraphs. And so that's, that's how we're going to be looking at it today, in these two halves. 
So if you were here last week, you know that we, we preached, we talked about um, Jesus feeding the 5,000, and we read today this story, which happens immediately afterwards. So Jesus has just been uh, gotten done wrapping up uh, this, this miraculous feeding of these, this huge crowd, uh, and then he tells the disciples, okay, go on the boat, I'll meet you on the other side, and Jesus continues to dismiss the crowds. And he tells his disciples, I'll meet up with you later. And then the Bible tells us that Jesus goes up to a mountain to pray. And I love that. Was he praying for himself because he was really depleted after this, this huge, intense, exciting experience? You know, the crowds wanted to make him king after that. And maybe the temptation of that was, you know, cause Jesus to step back and go spend some more time with his heavenly father. Or maybe in anticipation of what was about to happen, Jesus wanted to pray. You know, maybe he knew that this storm was coming to his friends. And so in preparation for them, for their safety, for their, their spiritual security, Jesus is praying for them, knowing that they're about to have the boat get rattled a little bit. So we don't know. It's purely speculation. Um, so the Bible says there in verse 24 that the boat was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, and that the wind was against them. Do you hear how violent this storm sounds? They're beaten by the waves. The wind is against them. It's almost as if the wind and the waves have some kind of agency in this. You know, in, 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 uh, other, uh, when, when some of the other gospel writers uh, tell this story, they very intentionally use language that is, is descriptive of evil spirits. It's as if to say that there's some kind of spiritual manipulation that's happening here, that there's an oppressive power behind the storm that's pressing against Jesus' apostles. So it's important to know that when this violent storm comes, Jesus is not in the boat with them. Which, if we were to, to kind of uh, turn a couple pages back and go to Matthew chapter 8, we would know that, that this is not the first time that Jesus has calmed the storm. There's another time. Do you remember that story? When the storm comes, and, but that time Jesus is in the boat with them, and all they have to do in that moment is they just kind of go, hey, Jesus, Jesus, wake up, wake up, Jesus. And what does he do? He just kind of wakes up, he tells the storm to calm down, and then they get on with it, right? So here it's, it's different. Jesus is not with them this time. He's not with them in the boat. And that's kind of how real life goes, right? Sometimes the storm comes, and we know Jesus is right there by our side. Other times the storm comes and we look around and we can't see any evidence that God is with us in that moment. But here's the thing. Even though the disciples couldn't see him, he was praying for them. He was on the mountain. He had his eye on them. He knew it precisely what was happening in that moment. He was listening to their cries and he was praying for them. And not just that, he does something about it. From the mountain, from the highest of heights, he hears the cries. And so what does he do? He steps out and he pursues them. He defies gravity in doing so. He defies the, the order of this world in order to pursue the love of his friends to rescue them. His feet trod upon the waves and he comes to save his friends. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. Jesus shouts to them. He says, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. 
that strong, booming voice piercing through the howling wind to his disciples, to his friends, instilling courage to their hearts. And he still does this today. He still speaks to the hearts of men and women through the storm, instilling us with his courage, telling us to take heart. So what happens next? Well, Peter, he asks to go on to the water himself. And shockingly, Peter discovers that with the invitation of Jesus, he's actually able to do that, to walk on the water, to do the impossible, to become more like his Lord. (laughs) Wow. But then what does Peter do? He looks around and he begins to sink. He sees that this waves, this, this wind is, is a bit strong. And it's easy. I've heard sermons like this where the preacher just kind of piles on to Peter. Like, oh, he looked at the waves. You know, shame on him. And it's like, I look at the waves too. I have conversations with you all. I know you look at the waves. Like, give the guy a break. He's walking on water. <laughs> like, I think it's okay for us to extend a little bit of grace with Peter. And Jesus does, right? Jesus gives him grace in that moment. I think the more important thing that we have to glean from this is not that, G- that Peter was sinking, but it's that when he was sinking, he demonstrates to us how to overcome failure. Because the Bible says that it was when he was beginning to sink, not after he was already drowning, not after he was already in over his head, over his head. it was as soon as he started to sink, oh, that we would do the same thing. As soon as we start to feel things go sideways, not until things are a disaster, not until the house is already burned to the ground, but as we see that things are a little off, what if in that moment, exactly at that moment, we cry out to Jesus? As soon as the waves start to rise, he cries out to Jesus. He says, Lord, save me. And Jesus is on it. Jesus doesn't flinch. Jesus doesn't take this as an opportunity to embarrass the prince of the disciples, Peter, No, what does he, he, it's not like he looks at me and goes, now, Peter, um, maybe you should have thought of this before you stepped out here on the waves. And then just kind of looks at his watch and like waits for Peter to sink a little bit more just so he can feel the consequences of his decision. Like that's not what Jesus does in this moment. Like he's on it. He, He immediately reaches out. I mean, the water didn't even have a chance to come up to Peter's knees and there Jesus is just swooping in, grabbing him like lightning and just picks him up and clutches him close. And then he says to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? I don't know about you, but in that moment, I'm tempted to hear that as, as kind of a scolding, of, in a sense, you know? Like here Jesus is, like scolding his disciple. But again, I don't think that's the tone that Jesus talks to his disciples, to his beloved. Um, in our house, we've got three um, preteens, teens. You're a teenager, you're 13. Yeah, all right. And then we also have this, this, little, this little caboose. He's uh, a year and a half, uh, this little toddler. And the girls are great. They often watch uh, toddler John for us, baby John. Um, but he also uh, gets himself into trouble quite a bit. He'll slip on the rug and fall down, or, or uh, you know, maybe he'll pull open a drawer a little bit and get his fingers stuck in the drawer. And then he just starts crying and kind of weeping, and it's kind of sad. And then his sisters, his, his sibling, his older sibling, will come up to him and free him from his predicament and say, oh, little brother, why did you do that? I think that's how Jesus is talking to his disciple in this moment. It's how he talks to us. Oh, little brother, oh, little sister, why do you have little faith? 
trust in me. I'm here for you. I love you. I reach out to you. I'm here to respond to you. So they get into the boat. The storm fades, and then they worship him. They say, truly, you are the Son of God. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. You know, the Christian life is often three steps forward, two steps back, is it not? Maybe that's just me. That's how I feel. Sometimes you're walking on water one second, and sometimes you feel the waves start to hit your legs. Well, Jesus is for you, brothers and sisters. He might feel far away up on the mountain, but he sees you and he's praying for you. And yes, the storms, they will rage. The Bible is very clear about that. I mean, if, if anything, we can, we can glean that from this passage. We know that, this, that it's our reality as well. I know that many of you are in huge storms right now. And I hate to break it to you, but it actually, it actually gets worse because there will be a big storm that comes and we will all sink into the depths of death itself. But the hand of Jesus can cross that chasm too. That's what he promises us. That's what the cross and his resurrection is all about. This isn't just a story about Jesus pulling someone up from drowning. This is a story about Jesus pulling all of us up from the clutches of death itself. That is a chaos that he has conquered as well. His feet is above the chaos. His hands catch all those who sink. His shed blood saves the soul of sinners and his resurrected body promises to us eternal life with him. His hand will lift us from the grave. This is the son of God. Praise the Lord. So here at Restoration, we, uh, we have five values. You can go to our website and read all about them. Uh, one of them is contemplation. And we say that we want to create space here to adore the abundant life of Jesus Christ, that he is our savior, the one who loves us, the one who reaches out to us. So I want to do something a little bit different this morning, and I want us to take a couple of minutes of silence to, to sit with this passage a little bit more. Um, to sit, you and the Holy Spirit, but also to sit with one another. And maybe there's a word that stood out to you in this passage. Maybe it's a phrase spoken by the disciples, spoken by Jesus himself, or maybe it's a picture that stood out to you, something that you might not be able to describe, but you can certainly see it in your imagination. So I'm going to ask that you hold that image before the Lord. So I'm going to sit down there for a couple of minutes, and you know, maybe, maybe you want to contemplate the, the strong voice of Jesus saying to you in the midst of the storm, take heart, I am here, do not be afraid. Or maybe you want to envision the hand of Christ reaching out and clutching you and lifting you up. Or maybe you want to envision these this stormy waters being turned into smooth glass. Or maybe it's just sitting to adore Jesus the Son of God. So let us be silent before the Lord together.
The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.